You're not alone. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you, doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and if you couldn't tell by my voice, I'm not feeling great right now. But let's go ahead and move into our first segment. List building with Joe! So for this list, I wanted to kind of continue off of um, last week's theme on taking something that was good in the past and um, bringing it back and maybe tweaking it a little bit to see what could be good for the future. So for here, I took the archetype of 2x2a in the the Rebellion, and uh, I I decided to tweak it a little bit. Um, So you have to let me know what you think. So what we've got, we've got... Uh, Harrison Doolin, the RZ-1A wing with elusive crack shot, fire control concussion missiles and munitions failsafe and we've got Ahsoka Tano in the A-wing with extreme maneuvers, instinctive aim and concussion missiles which is just a really fun build if you've never flown it highly recommend it then for the X you've got Colby Sparato uh, with Notorious, Contraband, and R4, and S-Foils. And then instead of the second X, I broke it down into two Zs. So you've got Arian Kraken with Crackshot, Fire Control Systems, and Ion Torpedoes, and Lieutenant Blount with Crackshot and Elusive. And essentially what you have here is you have two ships that can hand out extra actions as needed. Um, nobody really hits that hard but it's kind of a, a death by a thousand paper cuts and everyone can kind of be wherever they want. Um, and just... It's it's really an objective running list. Um, you'll, you'll have to really focus fire to get your opponents down, but you've got five bodies to do that with. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it has potential. It's, it's definitely worth looking into. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? You think, what do you think I should change? Post in the Discord. Alright, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. AMG Rules Forum For our first question of the week, we've got Bumping with the Dauntless Title. OP. Can a Decimator equipped with the Dauntless Title bump into an enemy ship and take a red focus allowed when being blocked by an enemy ship and also perform any action on its action bar for a second stress? Answer. If the overlap ship was an enemy ship, if it is not stressed, it may immediately perform a focus or calculate action from its action bar, treating the action as red. Then the ship skips its perform action step. The ship cannot perform any additional actions during its activation. The red focus during overlap prevents any further actions during the decimator's activation. Dauntless occurs after this and cannot grant an additional action. Next question. 75-200 dogfight tournament play. OP. Hello to you AMG officials and gaming community. My local meta has been playing X-Wing for years and we have literally spent thousands of dollars on hundreds of ships. We used to play the normal tournament rules, 75 minutes, 200 points. Are these games gone now? Do people have to play some kind of scenario or mission for 12 rounds or up to 20 points if they want to play by the rules? Is it necessary to conquer 
some kind of satellite in the center of the map to fulfill some kind of mission, or can we keep that out of our games? We really love old competitive dogfight mode, but unfortunately we can't find anything like it in the rulebook anymore. I understand there can be changes, but is the normal, quote-unquote, normal tournament mode competitively gone now? Answer. Players are free to play Star Wars X-Wing however they choose. It is your table. Have fun with it. At official tournaments, however, the latest rule set will be used, including scenario play. Next one, scenario scoring versus rule reference. OP. Only one of the four scenarios talk about scoring mission points for half destroyed ships. But in the rules reference, it says you score on half damage, on half destroyed. It also states scenarios change how scoring works. It, it bought clear, I, there is only one scenario that scores with half points or do all the scenarios score on half points. Answer. The rules for mission points included in the rules reference guide include points for half destroyed ships are including are included for players who wish to play without a scenario. When a scenario is played, its individual scoring rules are used and overrule the mission points entry in the rules reference guide. Ionizing questions. OP a ship gets ionized during the system phase. A conner net was dropped on it. Does the ship perform an ionized maneuver during its activation the same turn? Or does it perform its maneuver set during the planning phase, making the ion maneuver in the next round? When is a ship considered no longer ionized after it performs an ionized maneuver? End of its activation, end of activation phase, or end of turn? Answer. If a ship becomes ionized during the planning phase, and therefore has been assigned a dial, but before it has activated during the activation phase, it activates as normal. During the next planning phase, if the ship is still ionized, it is not assigned a dial and proceeds with the ion maneuver during the activation phase. After the ship finishes this activation, it removes all of its ion tokens. Next question. Shooting remotes at range zero. OP. Can ships shoot remotes at range zero, since, as you stated in the rules, remotes become ships when you target, and you cannot shoot a ship in range zero unless you have an ability that says you can shoot range zero? Answer. Yes. Remotes would be valid targets following the new rules for range zero attacks. Next question. Captain Hart cannot pivot? Question mark. OP. Swiveling allows the the pivot after executing a stop. Hark does not execute stops, stops he sideslips. So no pivot? Makes sense, but I want to check because it kind of seems worse. Answer. Yes, Captain Hark's Galactic Empire Gauntlet pilot ability functionally, functionally eliminates the ability to rotate while the swivel wings configuration upgrade is equipped. Errata cards. OP. Our third-party replicated cards with the updated errata information tournament legal? Answer. Proxies of cards printed using the official errata provided by AMG will be legal at official tournaments as long as they are presented alongside the original cards. 
Next question. Commandant Gorant Errata. OP. The errated version of Commandant Goran has lost the autothrusters' ship ability. Was this intentional or merely an oversight? Answer. The autothrusters' ship ability was removed in error and has been replaced in the latest version of the errata document. Vader and New Tech Slot. OP. If Vader and the TIE Advance X1 performs a Talon Roll maneuver or K-turn, and has Pattern Analyzer with his new tech slot upgrade to perform an action before the stress, can he then spend his Force ability for additional actions, or does Pattern Analyzer only allow for one action? Thanks. Answer. Yes, Darth Vader's TIE Advance X1 pilot ability would trigger after each action, so long as he had the available Force charges. Next question. Pride of Mandalore. OP. Some cards have the keyword Mandalorian as a prerequisite. How can you tell which ship this applies to? What if you're flying a character who's thematically Mandalorian like Sabine on the Phantom? Answer. Some upgrade cards have keyword restrictions on them. Ship Point Documents has the keyword column listing keywords for the relevant pilots. You can use these to determine whether or not an upgrade can be used by a specific pilot. Next question. Gar Saxon crew wording? OP. Gar Saxon Imperial crew has new wording and I would ask clarification for. In quotes. While a friendly unit at range 1 to 3 with an initiative of 4 or lower performs an attack against the defender you have locked, the attacker may change one focus result to a hit result. End quote. What is considered a unit? Similar cards call out a friendly ship for such effects like Moth or Fen'Rao in the same pack. Answer. Ships and remotes are units. Next question. Pattern analyzer and a linked action. OP. Hello. I see this has been answered before with an answer of yes, but I don't understand how. Let me explain. Pattern Analyzer card reads, while you fully execute a red maneuver before the check difficulty step, you may perform one action. In the rules, it states linked action. Linked actions allow a ship to perform an action after performing another action. So with pattern analyzer stating one action and the rules stating that linked action is an action after performing another action, so that is two actions, how can you do two actions when the card that is letting you do an action is telling you you can only do one action. If the one is not on the card, this would not be a problem, but with it there, it makes a problem with the original answer of yes. Help me understand. Thank you. Answer. It operates in the same manner as step three of the activation phase does. Step three, perform action. The ship may perform one action. Pattern analyzing you... Pattern Analyzer is allowing you to perform an action. Abilities that trigger off performing an action can then enter the ability queue and be resolved. Compare this to advanced sensors. After you reveal your dial, dial, you may perform one action. If you do, you cannot perform another action during your activation phase. In this case, the card is specifically telling you that after you perform the action allowed by advanced sensors, you cannot perform any more actions during that ship's activation. Next one, Garvandreas. OP. 
In light of this post, referring to spinning a focus token with no focus results in a row, can Garvin spend a focus token on nothing, all blank hit results, in order to transfer it to another friendly ship per his ability? Answer. No, there still needs to be an ability with a cost that requires payment. For example, a focus token. The TIE FO pilot static is the best example, requiring you to spend both a lock and a focus token to change all of your results to critical results. Focus results do not need to have been rolled. And the last one that we'll read for today, suffering a crit, shields, and objective. OP. Do I still suffer a crit, if the damage hits my shields, and if I do take damage on my shields from an uncancelled crit, do I drop an objective? Example 1. A critical die is uncancelled by my defense, and then I spend one shield. Example 2. A proton bomb detonates, and I am at range 0 to 1, and I spend one shield. Answer. Yes. In both cases, you are suffering critical damage. You are just losing a shield instead of being dealt a face-up damage card. There's a lot of content left for me to cover, and I was originally going to cover all of it, but I gotta be honest, y'all, COVID is really kicking my butt right now, uh, more than I thought it was going to. I managed to get it on the plane ride back from my uh, recent conference in Florida, which I had a great time at. I even got to do the uh, Gold Squadron event. Um, and I know some of you have expressed interest in hearing how we did how I did on that. So uh, what I did was after the event, as soon as I had some time, I uh, recorded some thoughts uh, while on the road on how I did and um, who I faced and all that other fun stuff. So I'm just going to finish off with that. And then next week we'll do our normal rundown of um, the three world qualifiers that happened this previous weekend. So I'm going to be a little bit behind the times for uh, at least the next week, possibly longer. Uh, so I just ask you to bear with me. Um, but we'll get caught back up and get back to uh, the most current X-Wing news there is. So with that said, here's how I did. Hello, everyone. I uh, just wanted to take a little bit of time and talk about how I did at uh, Oricron, the Gold Squadron events. Um, this is going to be a little bit different than uh, my normal episodes. In I'm probably going to kind of mix this in, uh, this recording, while it's still fresh in my head. See, as you know, because you listen to the cast, uh, I was on travel. I specifically rearranged my schedule so I could uh, compete in the events, and I had a good time. Um, yeah, yeah, just I say I had a I had a good time, but I want to kind of go over um, what I flew, what I flew against, and and how I did overall. So. With that being said, let's go ahead and dig right into it. So first is what I flew. I know a lot of you were expecting me to fly first order, but uh, I wanted to I wanted to kind of do something a little different. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. This is definitely not my brainchild, um, but I, I did have fun flying it. So what did I fly? Um, I flew Scum, 
and I flew Ciceru with Deadeye Shots, Worm Tactics, and Ion Cannon, Captain Seavor with Juke and Heavy Laser Cannon, Paylob in the Hawk with Notorious, Lando Calrissian, False Transponder Codes, and Moldy Crow Title, Cannon Jarrus in the Hawk with Maul Crew, and Gamut Key with Elusive and Protectorate Gleb. Now, ideally, what you do is you you fly this list in a block, and uh, it's it's my my friend who came up with it described it like playing blue in Magic, right? Um, you're just you're you're countering a lot of what's coming in um, with the rerolls from Sevor, the taking dice away from Cannon, um, or not rerolls from Sevor, Cicero, and uh, jamming with Seavor. So uh, it's it's just it's it's a nasty list, uh, good combination of stuff and uh, yeah I, I think I just need some more reps with it. So anyway with that being said that's what I flew. Um, my first match was against Andrew Goldbuck and he was flying Cass Scarlet with Notorious, Jamming Beam, Electro Chaff Missiles, Ahsoka Tano, Contraband Cybernetics and Marauder Title, Rook Cast with Marksmanship, Mandalorian Super Commandos, Gar Saxon, Drop Seat Bay, Contraband Cybernetics, Swivel Wing, and Q90 with The Child, The Mandalorian, Jamming Beam, Greedo, Burnout Thrusters, and the Razor Crest Title. And uh, this list is my first loss of of the day. Uh, it was a really, really close match. I just couldn't get the damage output that I needed uh, in order to uh, to secure the win. But as I said, really, really close game. Um, if you give me just a second here, sorry, I'm doing this on the fly. I'll tell you what the score was um, each round. So first round... Um, Andrew got me 18 to 10. It went to time at six rounds. All right. Next round was against Peter Eschelm, Elling, Ellingson, Ellingson. And uh, Peter was flying uh, Anakin Skywalker in 8 to 2 with Malice, Predictive Shot, Outmaneuver, and R7A7. Mace Windu with Heightened Perception, R4P17, and CLTE. Wolf with Predator, Ion Torpedoes, Veteran Tail Gunner, and R3 Astromech. And Hound in the Lat with Corky, Perceptive Copilot, Seven Fleet Gunner, and Tactical Scrambler. Now this was my first win of the uh, of the event, and I went. Hold on, I have to find it, sorry. I went 21 to 11. Uh, we did not go to time. Uh, we went seven rounds. So this list was, was kind of interesting, um, but what, what he did wrong was he uh, split the arc and the lat in one direction, and then he sent Mace and... Anakin in the other direction, and then he split Mason Anakin a little bit farther and didn't bring in the other two. So he's kind of like doing this pincer off of a pincer, and he forgot to 
uh, actually bring part of the everything in at the same time. So I got to face Mace by himself with pretty much no return shots um, and was able to take him off pretty pretty well. Um, then I was able to start focusing on the hound and taking hand out in the lat and then I was able to um, take out Wolf. And the whole time that I was doing this, um, I was keeping Anakin uh, kind of in a spot where he wasn't a huge threat to me. So, yeah, it, it, it was a good match. All right, next, I flew against Richard Clemens. And Richard was flying the First Order, and he had Kylo Ren in the Whisper with Shattering Shot, Instinctive Aim, Predator, Concussion Missiles, Advanced Optics, Munitions Failsafe, Enhanced Jamming Suite, Blackout with Trick Shot, Sensor Scramblers, Targeting Synchronizer, Plasma Torpedoes, Concussion Missiles, Sensitive Controls, Grudge with Elusive, Automated Target Priority, Electro Chaff Missiles, Skilled Bombardier, or Proximity Mines, and Dread with Electro Chaff Missiles, Skilled Bombardier, and Proximity Mines. And in this match, the score was 21 to 11. This took eight rounds, did not go to time. Um, and so kind of a, a similar situation here. Uh, he, he initially spread everyone out, uh, made me chase some of them, but then he brought Dread in early, and he really did a number on me with his electro-chaff missiles, uh, but it, it didn't matter because his forces were disjointed enough that I was able to kind of pick through them one at a time, and that's how I was able to get the win. Um, I pretty much left Kylo alone and was just able to take out the rest of, of the ships, starting with Dread, then Grudge, then Blackout. Um, the next one was Josh Kalmuni, and Josh was flying uh, Ray and the Scavage YT 1300 with Heroic, Novice Technician, Rose Tico, Finn, Engine Upgrade, and Race Title. A Heroes of Hope, Poe with Heroic, Ferrosphere Paint, R4 Astromech, Proton Torpedoes, and s foils. Wilsha Teslo with Ion Cannon Turret, L4ER5, Bomblet Generator, Engine Upgrade, Targeting Computer, and Sasha Zaro with Tierfon Belly Run, Ion Cannon Turret, Proton Bombs, Engine Upgrade, and Targeting Computer. This was my second loss of the night, and I'll tell you, this was probably the most frustrating game for me, and the reason that it was so frustrating was... Um, because, like, I just couldn't make the red dice do enough. Um, I had two range one shots into Poe, and he was on one health, and he managed to evade out of them. Um, that was probably the biggest clincher. I couldn't put enough damage into Ray to really take her off the board. Um, Poe finished off the game with one health. Ray finished off the game with two or three health. Um, and one of the Y-Wings was without shields. So 
uh, I just I couldn't do enough damage. And the problem with this scum list is once you lose one or two key pieces, it, it kind of starts to fall fall apart really, really quick. Well, then we get to the last round. And the last round I flew against uh, Outer Rim, Newbie, Connor, French, or Finch. And uh, Connor was flying a, a list that I actually really, really wanted to fly against. Um, and it was Trickshot, or Wedge Antilles with Trickshot, Proton Torpedoes, R4 Astromech, and S-Foils. Luke Skywalker with Compassion, Trickshot, Proton Torpedoes, R3 Astromech, Munitions Failsafe, S-Foils, and Lando Calrissian with 9-Num, Perceptive Copilot, Biston, and the uh, Millennium Falcon title. And um, this is where it kind of worked out for uh, Connor. Because I was... I, I really did this event to try to make cut. That was that was my goal um, coming into this event. And when I lost my second game, I didn't have the opportunity to do that. Well, since I'm on travel, I'm also the driver. And uh, my coworker uh, got in uh, about five minutes into the game. And so instead of making my coworker wait for, for me to finish something, because I already have my invite to Galaxies from the last event that I did, um, I just decided to go ahead and concede and uh, let Connor get the invite um, to Galaxies. So anyway, um, that's how I did. I don't know if I will, in this same episode, um, cover the mid-range list or if I'll just leave it at that. But uh, yeah, thanks. So anyway, that's how I did. Thank you for making it this far into the podcast. Please consider leaving a review however you consume. It really means a lot to me. Um, please check out our Discord. Link's in the description. Uh, sorry, my brain is super fried. As you know, I like to end every podcast with a question. And this week's question is, do you think I was right to uh, help out Connor? So, this is Sailor Joe, signing off.